If you've been following us for some time, hopefully you had a chance to tune into one of the Soul Food Sunday episodes that we host on the Hustle Smarter Facebook page. The last three weeks, we have been speaking of financial literacy. The first week, we spoke on ways to build wealth for your children that is not um, as difficult as some may make it seem. The last week on Sunday, we spoke on financial literacy for kids, the importance of teaching it to the children and letting them know at an early stage how important it is and making it a common household conversation. And we followed up with this week's episode encompassing everything that we spoke of in different scenarios to where a lack of financial literacy may cause issues for the children. If you haven't had a chance yet, please check out the Soulful Sunday. They're every other Sunday. They're on Facebook Live. Sundays at noon. The next one's going to be October 31st at noon. We normally go about 30, 45 minutes. We figure out a topic and we interact with everyone that's there and we go from there. And what we'll also start doing is every episode that follows Soul Food Sunday, because we do do it every other Sunday, will be a follow up to what we spoke of on that Sunday. Hope you guys like this episode. What's up, though? So we had the trilogy. We told everyone how to get money. We told them what to do. We told them different avenues to take where even a normal person in normal is in normal wage earner, not the 1% who are already millionaires of ways to set their kids up with simple tricks of the trade, simple uh, things they can do to set their kids up for wealth in the future um, for a very small price now. Uh, we also we, 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 we laid in all of that. You know, you gave the political politically correct nice professor speech <laughs> and then you you know i come in with the the attitude like i don't want to hear nothing this is what y'all should be doing at a minimum and don't tell me you can't do it because you buy them jordans and all that stuff um so we did that first first week of october we took a break not really a break but you know they had the homecoming a lot of stuff was going on so we ran it back after our normal two-week interval and we came right back and we tell we talked about the importance of teaching the kids financial literacy, because ultimately you don't want to teach. You don't want to set up the kids for success, but they don't know how to handle the money and all they're going to do is blow it. The, the goal is even in the in the Bible, in the good book, it says a, a wise man or a good man leaves a inheritance for his children's children, something of that nature. Don't quote me. I may have not said that correctly. So please don't come for my neck. Um, but I know it's something along that lines and, and, you know, it is what it is. And either if you way you want to look at it, everything I do now is for my grandkids, grandkids to an extent, because if I do it to that level, even if I don't make it to the grandkids, grandkids, at least the grandkids will be set up and they will know what to do for the next generation. Um, and for sure. And they know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. They know who I'm. I mean, they're already going to have my charming good looks. Um, <laughs> hopefully they don't have my attitude stubborn. I could be, you know. Grumpy sometimes, as you say. But yeah, so we're just going to roll that off into this one, man. We're going to roll right off into it. We're going to kind of, I would say, wrap up the whole talk of that specific topic. Financial literacy for adults to take care of their kids. Financial literacy for the kids. And we really want to today talk about the importance of what will happen if your kids do not have financial literacy. You don't want to leave them a bag. And they don't know how to hold on to it. Um, for some odd reason, people feel that when you get an extremely large amount of money or you live a certain lifestyle, that there are still not people who are out there to take your money. So there are womanizers and there are women 
gold diggers, if they still call them that, who are looking at your child, men or woman, who maybe, you know, and I'm not saying now because they kids, but I'm saying when they get older, if they don't learn it now, they're going to be food. Meaning daddy left them five rental properties, five cars and two, you know, businesses. Somebody's going to marry them or love them and tell them everything they want to hear to get in on that. And it's imperative that they understand money and not even for the fact of let's, let's retract that statement. It's not even for the fact of someone trying to take it who considers that they love them. But let's just keep it. G. they ain't going to keep the businesses and none of that shit running if they don't know how it really operates and they don't understand money. And yeah, go ahead, Chris. Before I go on my tangent, man, I'm about to go on another tangent. So we're going to switch it up to with that. Um, you know, Chris is the the fact finder. I'm the educated opinionated guy and it got some facts behind it but a lot of times i just be knowing shit i don't really be you know giving you the reference but he gonna give you the reference go ahead bro go ahead man I'm, you had your whole list and i done you know me man go ahead <laughs> no no problem bro uh everybody enjoys your rent or they be warranted bro and they be needed uh some people need to hear it the hard way or the easy way um but just to reiterate what he was saying this episode is basically you taking a snippet from our last podcast that we felt could have been an episode of his own. And G basically told y'all what would happen if you don't educate your children. And it's been happening for years. That's why we don't have generational wealth as a people now. So it's going to be a continuing cycle, right? And basically, news came out this year that college athletes can get endorsed, which should have been done a long time ago. They should have been paying up. Because we, we, us, we make these schools, sports programs run. We the top athletes every year. We the high school draft picks, the, all that. So now that they're getting endorsed, what are they going to do with the money? If you didn't teach them what to do with the money. And you damn sure can't depend on the colleges to educate them. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you what they're going to do with the money. They're going to give it back. <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole plan they're going to give it back and they're going to give it back at an extremely high rate because they got it at an extremely high rate you gave somebody three hundred thousand who's never seen two hundred dollars at one time they're going to give it back um and, and to any more facts on that specific subject like what you looked up yes sir what you got go so, ahead um yeah so i read an article earlier um off yahoo uh, finance right uh so doing a little research so these college athletes have $1.5 billion in potential in potential earnings. All of them together. Billion? Make it all make billion. Big B. Big B. Okay, and go ahead. we know it, this, this, I'm just throwing a number out there. I know 80%, probably 60 or 70, 80% are, are black athletes. So, on average right now, each college athlete is making about $470. Um, it wasn't specific on a day or a week basis or a monthly basis, but I'm sure it's probably on a monthly basis. Um, and it says the NCAA athletes have earned more money in just one month than their yearly tuition cost. They're making more money than it costs for someone to pay to go to school. And you know how expensive school is right now. Some of that and robbery. It's a little, yeah, it's a little quota. It says brands and fans are eager and eager and willing to pay student athletes at a clip much higher than we expected. Man, so 
what we'll do is right now we're going to just go ahead and cut that scene in that I where we talked about what happens when little little John, you know, who has the skill set to be great, finally gets that first year contract or that first that one of those contracts you're talking about as far as uh, endorsement from college. He gets paid and he doesn't know what to do with it or or hold on. He doesn't have boundaries. Man, that boundaries was stupid. I listened to it the other day again while I was in the gym. I got mad. I just got hyped. Um, so go back and listen to boundaries if you had listened to it yet. But we're gonna go ahead and cut that scene in right now. We're gonna cut that scene in so you can understand what we mean without us talking in riddles about the potential of not having financial literacy, not having boundaries, and getting your first a large sum. And what normally happens in the black community. And other communities also, but what normally happens in the black community that cost us that cost us for a long time. So here go this clip right here, y'all tune in. I, I want to just speak on. I, I already tapped into that generational curse part, um, right? So I'm gonna tell you this. Um, I don't know the exact statistics, but I watched a series on athletes that go broke. Ninety uh, percent of those athletes were black. Let me tell you why. Because they got their first little bit of money that they ever had. And they went to go buy their mama a house. When they bought their mama a house. They ain't even played in their first game yet, and they went to go buy mama a house. Because generational traditions, generational curses tells us that once you make it, you're supposed to take care of everybody else. Now, now hear me out. You know they cut and paste in the media, and I know when I get big, they're going to take this clip and say, he don't, <laughs> t- he don't believe in taking care of his mama. No, not at all, but you got to take care of yourself first. Because if you're the breadwinner, but you're spread thin, you have nothing else to give. Right now, we're at a time in our lives to where our kids, our generation can be high school phenoms and high school phenoms um, be number one, number two, going to college. Yeah, they can get paid in college. Now, going out of college, no matter how great they were, the chances of making it to that next level are very slim. True statement. So, so basically what she's saying, not to cut you off, but we need to be prepared to take advantage of that. Right, Absolutely. right now, any kid who is a five star or a four star recruit need to be in touch with Hustle Smarter or its affiliates or anybody close that's going to tell them this true ass conversation. That listen, bro, you have the opportunity to go to the University of Auburn. They're going to pay you like three hundred, four hundred k in a year for like whatever endorsements. That ain't the time to go buy the big ass chain. That ain't the time to go buy the nice Camaro. That ain't the time to buy your mama a house. If anything, if you don't do nothing else, sit on the money because you may blow your knee out before you go to the NFL. You may just not be good enough to go to the NFL or the NBA. But what is going to happen? And we're going to see it. And this is why they did it, Chris. And I know, I'm man, you're going five years from now, they're going to listen to this shit and say he was right. They allow college players to get paid because the money go back into the hand of the rich. And <laughs> uh, come on, am I wrong? Because what the hell are we gonna do when you when you're in the University of Auburn, you fresh out of North Florence, you love this, sh- you know what I mean? You're gonna go to the clubs with that money, you're gonna go to the Dior store with that money, you're gonna go to the Gucci store with that money, you're gonna go get the Camaro Hellcat, you're gonna go to the jeweler, you're gonna get the jeweler, they're gonna get it back, they're getting it back, and then you break your leg and you ain't got shit. I mean, think of all the players who have made it to that next level who have 
faced uh, criminal charges who has been named been thrown under the mud all because they were getting paid for what they were making these college and universities rich. So I ain't no conspiracy theorist. I'm just a realist. The colleges allow these kids to get money because they know they're going to get it right back. So we're making a college millions from merchandise. If it wasn't for Marcus Lattimore, um, not Marcus Lattimore, damn, the running back from Carolina, whatever. If it wasn't for them star players from Carolina, shout out Carlos Powell, Sam Mojo, my homies that played basketball for the Gamecocks. You know, if it, if it wasn't for clowning, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for them boys, I wouldn't be no no Carolina fan, Gamecock fan. So me buying that Gamecock license plate, I got Gamecock shirts. The university is getting paid for that along with that dumbass high tuition they charging. And I'm only buying that shit because those young brothers are making the college more um, not acceptable, but making it more notable. Yeah, noticeable because they are killing it in their particular sport. But they're not getting paid from the merchandise department. And then they use this word all the time where they're getting free education. Boy, that shit ain't worth that thirty, forty thousand dollars y'all charging. I'm on the record to say that y'all tripping. Anyway, I ain't getting into that today, but. At a damn minimum, get a kid some money back. When I say kids, you think college is 18 to 22. They're kids, right? But once that kid comes from the hood and he busts his ass to get to that point, and he gets that $300,000 endorsement check from Starbucks. He goes and buys his mom a $200,000 house because my mom was with me the entire time and she deserves it. And then the next year, Ron Graham III comes out of high school and he's a bigger dog than you and you don't even get no burn. You lose that three hundred thousand dollar scholarship or that three hundred thousand dollar endorsement because now they're paying Ron Graham the third six hundred thousand, and all you have is a house bill because you probably didn't pay cash for it. You probably got a thirty year mortgage on it because you didn't understand that you should at least cashed it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is what's gonna happen, bro. I'm telling you what's gonna happen. I ain't been wrong. Ain't too many times I'm wrong, but we're gonna see it. We're gonna see it unfold in front of us, and within five years, it's gonna be the norm that they're gonna have a Netflix series on college athletes going broke. So. Let's flip it. You made 300K off an endorsement. People don't make 300K in 10 years. Now, this is where financial literacy come in. And this is where we as a people have to take care of our own fucking community. They're not going to tell them black and brown kids to go over there to that school and learn the money. We, as in me, as in you, hustle smarter. Shout out to Earn Your Leisure, EYL. They already own it, right? We have to be in those colleges and pull those kids to the side to explain to them that in due time, you will buy mom whatever she likes. But right now you have to take care of you and build it for you. Because if you buy mom that big ass house and you don't make it and you lose all that money, guess where your ass is going back? Y'all, as in you and your mom and them going back to that little ass house that you try to elevate yourself from. Now you pushing carts at IGA because you ain't make it to the league and you bullshitted in college because you thought you was making it to the league. It's whew, Hold on, man. I got to get my towel. <laughs> it's Sunday. <laughs> But we gotta, we have to be that burden or that ear of bad news or reality. You become a park hero if you don't make it to the next level because kids wasn't getting paid back then. We're getting paid now. Big money, too. Kids are getting these endorsements. We need to make sure that they understand the financial literacy portion and they set the boundaries to say, hey, ma, you held me down all this way. Well, hold on a little longer and let me secure some long money. That 300K may only be for a year. Let me secure the millions. Matter of fact, let's take this 300. You always wanted to be a soul, a, a seamstress and you want a sewing company. Let's put 100 out of this three into your sewing company and you run your own shit and make your own money. Yeah. 
That's how you take. You the, yeah, that's how you take care of them. Yeah, you take care of a house. A house is a asset slash liability, but it's more so a liability because when you buy a big ass house, you get big ass bills, light bills, uh, maintenance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let me put. If anything, if I'm gonna get a 300 ball, let me put 50 in you into you, so you can chase your dream. That sure, because I started getting into my bag a little bit. You know, I'm a rant. I'm a rant guy. But but Chris, tell me what's the other things that can happen if if someone doesn't know financial literacy? Let's get off the sports because we already know that they have already told us that we only could be uh, entertainers or athletes. So that's the that's the the status quo. The only way you can make it in, as a, as a in, in the culture as a minority is you know rapping, entertaining, or to the league. So let, let's break it down into another facet. What else could financial literacy for kids do or not do for us let's talk about that let's let's, let's go a couple minutes on that um for one i think having financial literacy coming graduating from high school or growing up you are really um look at money in a different light because we got this idea that you need to make a million to be rich or so, like you have to make a certain amount of a year to be rich, but it ain't true. Because if you go get that trade and you start off making 50, 60, and you know how to manage your money, that 50 to 60 going to turn into a million if you if you stay down and you do right. And it really, the recipe ain't hard. We just don't got it. The culture is fucked up. <laughs> we lost. So, and... Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. No, go ahead, G. I ain't cutting you off. When you go, I'm listening because you don't go no yeah, more. Yeah, so like, the, 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 go culture, ahead. the culture, preach. The culture, so, the, culture, the culture so lost that, like, we don't really know what wealth is, man. Oof. Even if you making that 50 to 60, I'm telling you, bro, if you ain't got no bills, you ain't got no debt, you investing 25% into the, into, into a, a, the market. Which is going back to the 1900s, the average return is eight to ten percent, and and you buy you a crib, and they got so many programs for first time home buyers, so many down payment assistance, man. Like the game is out here. We just gotta, we just gotta educate the kids. I don't, I don't like that, G. What you had turned up, and then you went back into your shell. Man, tell the damn truth, man. We tired of this shit, man. We don't have a income problem. Yes, we have been bamboozled to believe if you do not make a million dollars that you cannot live a certain lifestyle and be rich. And I'm going to tell you right now, some G shit. I thought like if I didn't have a million cash, as in I can go to my checking account or savings account and see a million cash, I didn't make it. That's a false reality. 89% of all millionaires have their wealth in stocks. Hey, article just came out this week, bro. Yahoo Finance. <laughs> like, what? What the fuck else do y'all need to know? Like, what I'm thinking. What, so, this, what, so, what, what other recipe do you need? Well, the thing is this, and this is where me and you always bump heads. And you know what? It's time for us to start bumping heads on the mic. People want to hear that shit. But <laughs> debating is good. We don't know, bro. You are twenty one. All right, twenty three, and you know about stocks, right? I can tell you right now, 23-year-old me didn't know shit about the stock market. So, yes, it's, it's less of you than it is me. I didn't really understand or knew what the stock market could even potentially do till I was 26, 27. 
and I wasn't broke. Well, whatever. I, you know what I mean? In my mindset, I needed to find a way to earn a million dollars. Earn as in my time, as in my business, as in yeah. what I'm doing. You are a yeah. different culture. You are a different breed. So you grew up on the stock market, but you saying that if somebody ain't in the market, they're wrong or they need to know better. Well, that's why you're here to tell them about it. Well, I ain't gonna. I, I really, I really ain't gonna harp on. It's 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 a tough. It's a tough, it's a sticky situation, right? Because that is true. Yeah, I learned about it. I learned about it like maybe two years ago. In the pandemic, you a pandemic baby. Yeah, I just yeah, I just learned about the stock market. So like, but I'm saying you just learning about it at 21 is still good. Yes, yes, we. But the whole purpose of this cast is what we want our babies. My little cousin that was with me on the on the live. I need her to know about the market at 12 or 13. I need yeah. to know about the market now at 30 so I can build them UGMA accounts for my daughter when they get to 18. So we can't keep tripping over uh, over spilt milk, right? Yeah, we, like it's over. There's nothing we can do. All we can do is move forward. All we can do now is say, uh, for the youngins that's listening, shout out, you know, if you're listening. I hope you're listening. <laughs> but if they 18, 22, 25, right? And, 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 and this is what changed. This is what separates me from majority of the people you're going to hear finance about. And the stock whisperer gave me this game. He said he don't buy Jordan release. This is when he first put me on five years ago. He don't buy any. He's a shoe head. He's a sneaker head. He don't buy. Excuse me. He don't buy a release unless he makes that money in the market that week. And he, yeah, he don't take it out of his account. You know his investment account to purchase that liability per se, he or just know he, made that he just know he made, he made it back. back. And I use that same mindset when I bought some jewelry. Like, yo, I made what I paid for that jewelry in the market, and I secured the profit. I actually secured <laughs> the profit from it. You want to agree this time? Come on, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm still sad about that. I got some remorse on that, but. I think that's the thing is knowing that the wheels of the investments of what we can do, but we have to teach that. And I, we're going to have, we're going to bring the stock whisper on. We're going to hundred views on this before next Wednesday, before the next one drop, we're going to bring the whisper on. We're going to get them out here, but we are now I'm going to tell you this. There's no excuses for us not knowing. And they teach us and we teach our kids. This is where the, where I get, get them, get them, get their ass right now. <laughs> this is where I get upset with. And not upset with, but it's it's really just sometimes we don't know. What do we teach our kids? What do we consider wealth? New car, big house, nice clothes, and designer clothes at that jewelry. That That's what kids growing up consider wealth. If I pull up on my little cousins and them, and I'm saying little cousins as 15, 16, 17, maybe at that age, the hip-hop culture obviously has already opened their eyes up to certain things. And I got on some Gucci shoes. I got a chain on, I got my earrings, whatever. They're automatically going to assume that I'm rich or I got money. And that could not be true. Or if I pull up, if you know, even when I go out of town and get Toros, I try to get the nicest joint possible just because I want to drive it for two days. I pull up in the bend. Oh, shit, cuz getting it. Bro getting it. Graham getting it. And, and, and granted, I'm not getting shit. But hard times and heartaches, but <laughs> but I still I just know how to you know using my budget, knowing my opportunity costs, protecting my boundaries, and knowing the power of my dollar that I don't want the sixty thousand dollar card note for five years. I just want to pay two hundred dollars a day for two days and take giving this shit back. 
right? But that is a show of wealth. And we have to stop letting people know that, like, the richest people that I know, regardless of race and color or any of that, don't look like, quote, unquote, money. Listen, bro. Let me tell you. I got two examples, bro. Okay. Let me hear you. Doctor I work with. Okay. Same. Uh, I think he got a 2001 Toyota 4Runner. Same with, he said Chrome. I paid it off in 2004. He was a, e, he's a, he was an E7, which y'all don't know is enlisted in the military, right? They make significantly less amount of money than an officer. He's an officer now. Mm-hmm. He said, bro, I still live off my E7 check. Yeah. I mean, Everything it's, it's, else off the top, I don't touch. Huh? E7 is. Example nice. number two. Now, nah, example number two, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so, listening. Let me, show you the, let me show you the differences, right? Um, lady I work with at the front desk, we were chopping it up by 20 minutes, right? She said she said her daughter seven years old. Her husband got an old one Lexus and he got a new Jag. The seven year old say, Daddy, don't pick me up in that old one Lexus. That car is trash. I'm not getting in it. Seven years old. She refuses to get in the car with him if he comes to the bus stop in that in the old one Lexus. So not bashing her parenting, not doing none of that. I'm just showing the example. Well, I ain't gonna say that. What? It's gonna be rude. Maybe get your ass in this car. Like, what the? F- <laughs> Maybe get your ass. Nah, in the like, I'm just showing the example, like of the what of what the know? kid at seven, at seven, she believes that the paid off vehicle, which is still a Lexus, is trash, and she too good to ride in a Lexus. Yeah, she's seven. So when she gets 17, she's going to have her dad buy her her car and he probably soft and he ain't going to break it down to her that he probably ain't got it. And he's going to go buy some shit that he truly can't afford for about a 30 or 40 ball. He probably going to pay half of her car note or her whole car note, which is going to enable her to make horrible financial decisions her whole life. Then she's going to meet a man and she's going to have that same expectation because that's what dad did for her. But she don't know that dad ain't really had the money. Now her and that man ain't working because he ain't going for that shit. If he a real one like me, he went to the school of Graham Hustle. So now they got two kids. Now they divorced. The kids are separated because her mama was on bullshit. Now the mama got all these cars, jobs. She looked like money and ain't got nothing. Come on, man. Sound like I just fucking said American black people in one in one setting, because it don't it starts at home. That girl is seven; she it's shouldn't be saying shit. Thing. But can I get in the back seat or can I ride in the front? That's all she should be saying. You know, you know, my mama would have said, "Walk your ass home." Man. You feel me on off top, man? The, what? You know how many people don't have a vehicle to pick their kids up in? But that's the thing that. And, and I think the bigger question is, what did she get exposed to to even come out of her her brains to say that? What was she exposed to? What what was she watching on TV? What YouTube is she watching to think that a vehicle that runs and works is trash that she does not pay for and she don't even know how to operate? That's the problem. That is the problem. And we have to we. 40 years old, 30 years old, 20 years old, 10 years old, believe that. Wealth and having money is flashy. I could tell you right now. I hope you're listening. Please listen to me. Building true wealth and breaking generational curses is not pretty. It is not flashy, but it works. It is not the latest car. It is not the latest shoes, 
That's not real wealth. The shit don't matter. It is grandma house in the hood that's paid off that needs some work that could potentially potentially be gentrified and become a two million dollar property and is only worth twenty thousand today. But without the financial literacy, without knowing the long game, without knowing the potential and not even knowing the potential, but what just holding on to it, we always going to lose. You always going to lose. So quote a quote a verse from a goat. I remember I could have bought a house in Dumbo before it was Dumbo for like two million. Now, today, that same spot is worth twenty five million. And guess how I'm feeling? Dumbo. Dumbo. So Dumbo. From my New York partner, because I'm, you know, very well connected, is down under the bridge or something like that. I can't remember the exact acronym he gave me. It's in Brooklyn by the stadium. Before the stadium was built, the Brooklyn Nets and all that. Oh, so Jay was really spitting. Yes. <laughs> it's in the music. So Dumbo was just a dump by the bridge. But then the Barclays yeah. Center, all that shit went stupid. That two oh, million would have turned. Man. Come on, bro. Stop okay. playing with me. Hold on, ho. Stop. Stop playing with me, man. It be, I ain't started in March, man. Because <laughs> when he said Dumbo, I was like, what is he talking about? And I've always had that question. I hit up O, who's from Brooklyn. Man, what the hell Hove talking about? You know, he's a diehard. You met him. Diehard Hove fan. What is Dumbo? Yo, son. Dumbo right under the bridge, B. Yo, that shit was mad cheap, bro. You know, he started giving me that whole New York swag. But yeah, that would have been $2 million going into 2023. 25 million so that's a 23 million dollar profit i'm sure grandma in them crib was somewhere near dumbo for sure i'm sure grandma had a half acre near dumbo but that's dumbo is in every every city in america if you're looking for it i can tell you right now north florence um where they did downtown renovations at kind of northeast a little bit of west florence is all over if you on warley street if you on mcqueen street i would say if you anywhere near downtown and I know grandma house ain't the big house that you be buying and seeing on Instagram and shit. That 30 to $40,000 property is going to be worth millions because when downtown expands like they've done, dog, my hometown don't look like my hometown like it was when I was growing up, bro. And it's gentrification. Look that up. Matter of fact, Leo, look up what, what the hell gentrification mean. And in the, in the, you got to give me the fact on that. Give me the exact title on that. If you got a second. Um, yeah, when you use gentrification, I was like, bingo. Like, that's the that, word. That's the word. You, you need to know that word because that's word, what's bro. happening. We have to Everywhere. buy back the hood. The hood that people blinging blocks on, we got to buy that hood back because the rich, I won't even say white people, bro, because that's the wrong terminology because there is black people who is in these investment groups who are buying up this property that's making this money. So when the investor comes because they have saved up their capital, they understand opportunity costs. They have lived off a budget. They don't buy the newest cars. They don't believe in flashy shit. When they buy your grandma property for 50000 and make it into a $20 million uh, project and have constant revenue coming in because they turn that into an apartment building, a hotel, and a rooftop club. Shout out to downtown Florence. Bang. That could be money coming into your family's pockets forever. You ready for this definition? Yes, sir. The process whereby the character of a poor urban area is Whew. changed by wealthier people moving in, improving housing, and attracting new businesses, typically displacing current inhabitants. They call it inhabitants in the process. 
That's crazy. The other definition was short and sweet. Basically, the process of making someone or something more refined, or light, or respectable. Exactly. So basically, what they're saying turning is the ghetto, turning the ghetto into the suburb. Turning the ghetto into the birds. Shout out to North Lawrence, man. The pantry ain't there no more. We grew up on the pantry. The pantry ain't there no more. And what you gonna and what you gotta realize that gentrification ain't always in your face. They're not always gonna turn they're not always gonna push out the poor people and put up nice million dollar homes. Sometimes they're gonna push out the poor people or the poorer people, clean it up, put up more apartments, put them back on section eight to put some of the same people in the same area because they're gonna guarantee their monthly check. And there's nothing against section eight or anything of that nature. But you always got to think from an investor mindset, they know that half of that money or majority of that money is coming from the government. When you sold grandma's house for 30000 for that quick flip, somebody's going to make maybe 5000 a month for 12 months. That's six. That's 60 a year. You sold it for thirty because you've seen the quick flip and you're like, I got to let it go. This is a deal. They're making sixty a year on one property. Come on, man. I ain't doing the math today, but... That's the importance of financial literacy, knowing what the hell is going on and knowing the move that you make. I'm not buying. I'm not selling nothing no more. I ain't quick flipping nothing. You know, I bought the old school like I can flip it, but I can hold on to it, too. It ain't hurting nothing. But we don't own anything and whatever you don't own owns you. Oof, bars. Whatever you <laughs> don't own or whatever you. Yeah, whatever you don't own owns you. Perfect example. You don't own your car. You go to work every day. You pay that five hundred dollar car note. That car owns you. <laughs> I mean, was that, man. you really have to look at it that way because if you don't own it, it owns you because you're working to try to own it. But then when you own it and you flip the script and you have the titles or you have the the deeds and you own it, you can be the big dog. You can make the calls. You can tell a cat, "I don't want to sell it, but I take twenty five. Bro, it ain't worth twenty five. Well, not to you, but if you want to buy it, I need twenty five. But when you don't own it, right? Hold on, this and it's just business, right? You don't own it, but you can sell it for twenty five. Excuse me. But somebody come to you with eighteen, you owe twenty, and you beat down and tired of working trying to pay it off. Well, now it owns you because you're gonna sell that shit and try to find a way to pay off that last two. Anything I have right now is always for sale, but it's never on sale. <laughs> <laughs> But you can come and get it because I own it outright. I don't have no lien holders. I don't owe anyone. So you can come get it. But you're going to have to pay what I want you to pay. And I don't have to come off my price because I actually own it. But I'd rather hold it for the long term. I don't do quick flips. Quick flips is childish. If I buy something and look in a quick flip, it is childish. It, it could. I might like do some some sneaker flips. Like that's a flip. I would get into that only two flip them. But. We're talking some real life shit, some houses and shit. I'm, I'm flipping, I'm flipping nothing. I'm holding. Buying and hold. But listen, kids got to learn this at a young age. I was taught money at a young age to save and to work for the money. Investing was something I really didn't know about. All I knew about investing was opening a business and trying to let it run. And, and then, you know, like I've said numerous times before, my dad had the trucking business. He didn't necessarily get into it as an investment or a second source of income. He got into it as a way to take care of my grandfather because he didn't want to drive for a bigger company. Uh, I wish I knew half of what I knew now because I would not be in the Air Force. I probably wouldn't know Blockhead. I mean, Chris, um, I <laughs> I would be the CEO running the 3G Transport from Florence, South Carolina Incorporated that started in like 2002. If it was the mindset I have now or if my dad 
had the mindset that I have now to attack it. So all I could do is try to reciprocate that, bring that same thing back with my knowledge. So that way, baby hustle and her brothers or sisters have a true income generating business. And, and we can hark on it before we roll out. We kind of, you know, I ain't went over the time, but we can hark on it before we roll out. I even said this on a soulful Sunday. I need y'all to go tap in and listen to that. I need y'all to write some comments under that. I need y'all to let me know if I was right, wrong, drop some bombs in that. But um, you have to put the kids in a situation to where they can win. And with them being able to win, they have to understand what it took to get there. As I stated, TikTok ain't interesting until you put it in their face and let it be interesting. Um, we need to learn these finances. They need to know the money. And if they're going to be on TikTok every day, damn it, they need to make some money off of it. We, uh, I ain't getting into my culture shit. We talked about that last night. I'm going to get upset. Cause that, we, oh. Go ahead. Yeah, let's finish it up. Let's wrap it up. We'll, yeah, let's, let's, let's say, let's say some, <laughs> some talks for the next episode, man. I don't want to, you know, keep the people here any longer. Um, I think we took care of everything, man. I really, Appreciate this episode and this conversation with you, my brother. Uh, well needed. Uh, wrapping up the three-part series for the financial literacy for children. It's a wrap. Um, if y'all love it, like it, hate it, leave a review. Uh, comment on the Facebook. Shout us out. If you need merch, hit us up. You need a consultation on budgeting. You need help with financial decisions, etc. Whatever, whatever you need, whatever you think I, we can help you with. Ain't too up. much. I don't know. And if I don't know, my phone book is very uh, extremely long, so I can contact someone who do know. But we're going to start the Zoom classes soon. The Zoom classes are coming. We're going to break down the consultations. We're going to do them in Zoom settings, uh, small fee to join. We're going to do maybe an hour session, maybe do like a four-week session on budgeting because I don't believe you can get it all in one hour. I'm starting to think. I'm starting to rethink everything. You can get it in one hour. I believe like an hour Every Saturday for like four weeks would be very uh, beneficial to people. We're going to set that up. I'm just waiting on the, my daughter to come into the world and get on that real schedule because I don't want to tell you guys we're going to start November 1st at 1 a.m. and she's awake or she ain't here yet because she you know, she's still waiting to come. You know, all that shit. But um, next Soul Food Sunday, next Soul Food Sunday, we ain't got the topic yet. I think we're going to talk about social media and these goofies and talk about that goofy shit. Uh, we're going to go October 31st, October 31st at noon. Soul Food Sunday. Make sure you tap in next week episode. We got some treats in the bag, man. We got like five or six episodes that we just going to pick one to put out in between time. In the meantime, it's going to be fire. It's going to align with everything else that we've done. If you noticed, if you looked at our body of work and if you look at Soul Food Sunday, we're here to break generational curses. We taught you business. We taught you the importance of business. We taught you the importance of cutting people off if they need to be cut off. We taught you how to be a male and a man and how to separate the two. We talked about financial literacy for the kids. Then we came back to the podcast and talked about home buying, car buying, who we are as a people and what we try to do for you guys. We talked about opportunity costs. We talked about budgeting and the balling on the budget. If you look at the, the trajectory in the body of work, it is all a, cum- a culmination of trying to break the generational curse. But that's all we got, man. We out of here, man. Y'all make sure y'all tap in October 31st, noon. Hustle Smarter Facebook page. We're going to push it out. We're going to figure out the topic. We're going to make it fun. We're going to have a good time. I want everybody on there to go live. We're going to go crazy. Anything else before we roll out, Jay? No, sir. If you need some merch, if you're looking at some of the stuff we're rocking, hit us up in the DM. We're revamping the page. We're revamping the store. 
DM us on Facebook or Instagram. They both link to each other and just say, y'all need a shirt, whatever. We can custom make whatever you want. Highlight us, man. We out of here, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. This concludes another episode of the Hustle Lounge podcast. We'll catch you next time.